you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G. D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories, Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder, Baseball Essential. I will be holding down the first half of this episode. Vince Demperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends will be here for the second half. We are split today because of a lot of different uh, things going on with both of us. Schedules didn't just mesh up, so we are. Uh, I'm going to talk about pitchers using sticky substances, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the Dodgers and you know the little bit of a not quite slump they're in, but uh, basically their need to to turn it on sooner than later. Uh, and then Vince, I'm not sure what he's going to talk about, actually. He and I have not discussed it, so uh, hopefully he wasn't planning on talking about these same two topics, but uh, Vince is a professional. He'll handle it well. So that's the plan for today. But first, I want to remind you, please follow Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. Excuse me. Podcasts. Podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. Uh, as you can tell, my voice is still trying to uh, act funky, so hopefully we'll get through this. But uh so their the word came out from Major League Baseball leaking out the last few days that uh, basically Major League Baseball is going to crack down on pitchers using sticky substances. And we've talked about this on this show several times in the past. We've never gone super in-depth, but uh, we mentioned there were some articles about it during this past offseason basically talking about how uh, 99% of pitchers, by some estimates, are using some form of sticky stuff. And... Uh, I know we talked about it in reference to Trevor Bauer when he was a free agent and we were talking about the pros and cons of signing Trevor Bauer and one of the potential cons we listed several times is we know that he's using sticky stuff. What we don't know is how responsible that sticky stuff is for his recent success. Uh, so we've touched on this and uh you know, Major League Baseball wants to crack down on this. And Trevor Bauer is kind of the poster boy for that. It's kind of funny. Uh, it goes back kind of like everything else with Trevor Bauer. It all kind of depends on your pre-existing feelings about Trevor Bauer. Uh, if you already hated Trevor Bauer, you you hate him about this too. Uh, if you were neutral about him, you know, I think you can look at it objectively. Uh, the way I see it, the fact is Trevor Bauer spent years complaining that Major League Baseball wasn't doing anything to keep pitchers from using sticky stuff. Uh, He called out specific pitchers. He called out specific teams, or at least a specific team, noting that every pitcher's spin rates went up when they got to the Astros. Uh, He called out a bunch of people, called out Major League Baseball, and they did nothing. And so then his next step was, okay, I will start using it to demonstrate the benefit it can have. And then he won a Cy Young Award. I don't think that's a coincidence. 
Trevor Bauer's spin rates went way up and it was clear and he's not even really trying to hide the fact that he started using sticky stuff and his spin rates went way up and his success rate went way up. And so uh, what Trevor Bauer said after his start on Sunday, and by the way, the Dodgers lost two out of three to the Braves. I'll talk more about that in the second segment, but Bauer got the loss on Sunday. But after the game, he said he just wants a level playing field. And if there is a rule that's not being enforced, they shouldn't even have a rule. And so what he wants is for either the rules to be enforced or for uh, them to stop pretending to care about sticky stuff. And it looks like Major League Baseball is going to take Route A of actually enforcing the rules. We don't know what that's going to look like if they're going to, you know, figure out some approved sticky substance that is allowed or if they're going to, you know, change the way the ball is manufactured, make it tackier. Um, But it seems like at least in the immediate near future, they're just going to start enforcing the rule as it's written. And uh, you know what? That's great. That's awesome. Uh, And, you know, a lot of people, mostly the Bauer haters are saying, oh, Trevor Bauer's getting his. Oh, sucks to be Trevor Bauer now. No, this is what Trevor Bauer wanted. The reason that Trevor Bauer started cheating was because everybody else was cheating and Major League Baseball didn't do anything about it. And so he thought, well, I will just do it in an even more extreme way so that they have to do something about it. That's one of the good things about being a guy like Trevor Bauer who, you know, doesn't, I won't say he doesn't care what people think because I do think Trevor Bauer actually cares a lot what people think. I think there's some insecurity there, but he's willing to be the guy who everybody hates uh, for something like this. And he basically set out to make this an issue and it became an issue. Uh, so, so honestly, good for him. And I am interested to see as it tracks down the reason that it came up on Sunday is because Trevor Bauer's spin rate was way down on Sunday. Uh, almost as if he wasn't using sticky stuff. And if that's the case, you know, uh, like he said, as long as it's a level playing field, that's great. You know, people have been talking about, well, what about Walker Bueller? His spin rates are up a little bit. You know, is he using sticky stuff? He probably is. You know, they probably all are because I honestly believe that almost every pitcher in baseball is. And so if they all stop at the same time, you know, offense goes up a little bit, but, you know, and it's not going to go up the same amount for everybody. There are going to be some pitchers who just can't, hack it without the sticky stuff. And I don't know that we have any way of guessing which pitchers that will be. Uh, So it's not like, oh, it's just everything across the board will just get easier for hitters. For some pitchers, it'll be a bigger deal. You know, Mets players, several of them took to social media to declare that Jacob deGrom doesn't use sticky stuff. I don't know if that's true or not. That's one of the problems with MLB's approach to this is that we have no way of knowing. And so everybody is suspect. And that's not fair to the guys who aren't using it. Uh, which is what Trevor Bauer used to be. And it's not fair, you know, it's not fair to anybody. And so hopefully Major League Baseball will approach this right and actually start enforcing the rules. And then we'll know, okay, anybody who hasn't gotten caught, it's just like with the steroids, you know, the the problem was MLB basically tacitly encouraged people to use performance enhancing drugs for years and then threw guys under the bus for doing that, you know. So I hope that we've learned our lesson from the PED era. I hope there are no... Mark McGuire types who, you know, Mark McGuire helped save baseball by using steroids. And then he got thrown under the bus. He didn't make the Hall of Fame, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have done it. But Major League Baseball was happy he was doing it when he was doing it. And then they threw him under the bus. So uh, I hope that any pitchers right now, which is almost all of them, Garrett Cole, we know uses sticky stuff. 
Trevor Bauer, we know, uses sticky stuff. Justin Verlander, back when he was a pitcher, we know he uses sticky stuff. They, these are guys we know from different things. Uh, but I hope that we don't give any of them the Mark McGuire treatment. I say, okay, make them stop using it, and then and then judge them on that and, and see how they perform without it. Uh, that's the best they can do right now because, believe it or not, Major League Baseball has mishandled the situation almost as if their commissioner was inept and, uh, you know, just a duty head. I think that's a technical term for Rob Manfred. Uh, he's bad at his job, and this is another example, but hopefully somebody who's good at their job will get in his ear and help him handle this well, and only time will tell what that means for the Dodgers pitching staff, but I'm interested to see. And I'm interested to see what it means for other pitching staffs and what it means for offense as a whole in the game of baseball. So I'm going to come back in a minute and talk just a little bit about the Dodgers uh, kind of comparing to the 2018 season uh, and, you know, their, their little bit of slow start then and just kind of go for, talk about how they need to get things going sooner than later. So keep it locked on Dodgers. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now, and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on MLB Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy, L-U-C-Y, dot C-O, and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on MLB. All right, so the Dodgers are in third place. They lost two out of three to the Braves. It was kind of a lousy weekend series. They they started off really well, played, played really well, uh, at least for one inning on Friday, and then uh, just didn't do much on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Clayton Kershaw was uncharacteristically bad for one inning on Saturday and that cost them on Sunday. They just couldn't get the bats going and Trevor Bauer just kind of gave up a few hits here and there that, that cost him runs. Uh, and you know, I've been thinking about 2018 when the Dodgers kind of had this similar start to the season, they were in third or even fourth place into June, uh, that year. And they ended up going to a game 163 with the Rockies. They won that series or that won that game. And they ended up going to the World Series, uh, and, and even late in that season, uh, there were always articles being written saying the Dodgers are the team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. If the Dodgers make the playoffs, they're going to be the team to beat. And and that's basically what it boiled down to in the National League. Once the Dodgers made it into the postseason, they they were the team to beat. They dominated, and they they had a great season until or great postseason until they got to the World Series. Uh, the problem with this year, and the reason I don't want the Dodgers going to a game 163 or even pushing it that far, is because 
the Padres are a better team than the 2018 Rockies were. That's what it boils down to for me. The Giants are a good team too. I don't think the Giants are going to stick around. I don't think they have the staying power uh, with their, you know, old age and everything. Guys outperforming, you know, whatever it is. Uh, who knows how much the sticky stuff will uh, have an effect on them. I don't know if that's uh, contributing to Kevin Gosman or anybody else having great seasons. You know, but for a lot of different reasons, I don't expect the Giants to actually be a legitimate threat in September. Uh, but the Padres are, are a good team. The Dodgers are a better team. I honestly believe the Dodgers are the best team in the division, but it's time for them to start showing that. Uh, the schedule lines up right now for them to really do that. They play three games with the Pirates, and then they have the Rangers and then the Phillies. Uh, so, like, their next 10 games, I think, nine or 10 games, are against teams that, you know, especially the, the Pirates and Rangers, the Dodgers need to go into both of these series with the goal of sweeping. Uh, th- these aren't series you want to win two out of three. The, these are series you want to sweep at least, you know, five out of the next six games, hopefully six out of the next six games. And that can be the kind of thing that jumpstarts the Dodgers and puts them uh, back into first place even, uh, but definitely gets them back on the right track. Then the Phillies come to town uh, who, you know, aren't, haven't been successful this year. I think they have more talent maybe than the, the Pirates and Rangers, but they're not, a great team. So realistically, the Dodgers ought to be able to win seven or eight out of the next nine games. And that's really what they need to do at this point to set the tone for what they need to do the rest of this season. The The Dodgers really need to get into first place soon, start putting the pressure. They need to be the team putting the pressure on the other teams. You know, we talked about last week. I don't think the Padres, I think they're relying on a lot of energy and the Dodgers need to put pressure on them, you know, help them with the process of burning themselves out. I do think they're going to burn out a little bit. And so, you know, and they need to put pressure on the Giants, let them start feeling their age, all those things. The it, the thing that matters right now is for the Dodgers to start putting pressure. Uh, and the way to do that is to be the team that's being chased. Right now, the Dodgers are doing the chasing. They need to get themselves into first place and start being the chasees instead of the chasers. And, you know, every week then after that, you have a goal. Okay, let's add a game to our lead this week. And then by the end of the season, if you do that every week, by the end of the season, you have that 10-game division win or whatever, you know, that that we're expecting them to have. But the first step is to get to first place, and they can't afford to wait around like they did in 2018, kind of underperforming, bad luck, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, it sucked this week, and the Max Muncy got hurt and missed the whole series with the Braves. Essentially, he had one pitch hit appearance uh, on Sunday and, you know, play, got the one or two plate appearances on Friday. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if he's ready to start against the pirates on Tuesday. Uh, it's nice that they have an off day today, but, uh, you know, they need to forget excuses. You know, even if the Dodgers had half their lineup out, they're still a better team than the pirates. They need to walk into Pittsburgh and they need to put a spanking on the pirates and set the tone there. Uh, they need to then, go home, face the Rangers and, and just dominate them and really show everybody. Okay. Yes. On paper, we're the best team, but guess what? We also are on the field. That's what they need to do. Uh, that's a bit all about all I have for today. Uh, thanks for dealing with this split episode. I've been in California this past week. I'm driving home as you are listening to this episode. And so I need to get my part over a little bit earlier on Sunday. So Vince will be along in a minute to talk about who knows what, but I bet it'll be good. So keep it locked on Dodgers. Yo, 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 Vince here to finish out the episode. Shout out to Jeff for holding it down. I uh, just want to get 
right now real quick into a couple of things from the weekend and a couple of injury updates. And then in the next segment, I'll talk about uh, a little update on some of the minor leaguers and, and who's doing well and who's not and, and checking in on them. Uh, but just like Jeff mentioned, we, we usually don't get into game recap specifically. But I know that some of you have asked that if we can still kind of recap the games uh, just in case you weren't able to watch. So the Dodgers lost two out of three. They won the game on Friday, and then they lost the game started by Kershaw and Bauer. The Dodgers' Friday win was anchored by an eight-run inning where they only had two hits, I believe. It was a lot of walks. They were able to be patient. Uh, Will Smith had an RBI single, and then Chris Taylor emptied the bases with the bases loaded uh, as he did a week before. Just not a 14-pitch at bat, but uh, still the same results. And then Saturday, Kershaw struggled. The offense pulled it pretty close, but... Uh, they just weren't able to, to get over the hump and, and take the lead. And then Sunday, Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer is still, his starts are, are still leave something to be desired. His control, from what we've seen from the Dodgers, control-wise, Kershaw, Julio, and Bueller are, don't walk a lot of guys. And Trevor Bauer, while his ERA has been good the whole year and he has the strikeout numbers and things like that. He does walk more than they do. And that walks plagued him a little bit on Sunday. And, yeah, he's just been laboring a lot lately. And it, it just hasn't – the results kind of get there, but it's just not as fun to watch. It's a little clunky to get to that point. So, uh, But, yeah, that, that's kind of the recap of the weekend. Offensively, the Dodgers struggled. They didn't put together a lot of hits. They, they got on base still via walks and, and things of that nature. But they just weren't really stringing together any hits or putting the hits together when they needed them. Uh, they kind of had, like even on Sunday, Albert Pujols hit a home run. Uh, but <laughs> Albert Pujols has, has uh, become kind of known now for hitting home runs that don't end up mattering too much. He'll get them within a run closer, but already after situations where either he could have put the game either tied or much closer or the lead or someone else does, and then Pujols ends up coming up and getting the home run when it's not as needed. Obviously, the one that was robbed would have been a walk-off home run the other day. So, yeah, just a, not the best weekend over there in Atlanta. Not sure if, you know, the guys hadn't been to Atlanta in a couple years. That humidity is a little bit different. Uh, I'm not sure if that bothered any of the pitchers or any of the hitters or whatever else it was. But that's just kind of a, a quick recap from the weekend in terms of guys coming back from injury. Max Muncie. Hurt his ankle, but appears to be fine. He pinch hit on Sunday, and Dave Roberts said he should be good to go Tuesday, if not Wednesday. Austin Barnes, same thing with an ankle, but he said that uh, it hurts him more to hit than it does to catch, so he's still available to catch. Shouldn't miss any time there. Tony Gonsolin should return and pitch against the Pirates on Wednesday and finally give the Dodgers a fifth starter and not a bullpen game. Now, this is where we're going to find out how they're going to handle things. If they, Are they still going to want to go a bullpen game every so often to keep the guys fresh or whatever the case may be? Right now, Gonsolin's probably only stretched out to about five innings. He's been a kind of a two-time through-the-order guy in his career so far with the Dodgers, so that's probably where they're going to start him off and, and let him work his way up if he's able to do so. If not, it'll kind of stay in that five-inning, five, maybe six-inning range. Uh, but that's really all there was from the weekend. Oh, Bruce Dargraderall was reinstated from the injured list, but optioned down to OKC. So it appears he's going to stay down there and keep getting some work. He's thrown a, a couple games in the last few days and, and looked pretty good, but uh, there's probably some, some more they still want to 
get him to work on and i kind of noticed he's been posting his appearances on his instagram stories and it looks like he's using a little bit more of his off-speed pitches not sure if that's a mandate from the team or something he wants to do but uh could be something to look out for as he makes his way back to the major league roster all right gonna come back and like i said give an update on the minor leaguers so make sure to keep it locked on dodgers Let's talk about the best tasting protein bar. That's Built Bar. Built Bar comes in nine delicious flavors, and all the bars are covered in chocolate, so there's really nothing you can be concerned about. The flavors are coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and there's something for everyone. And if you don't know what your favorite flavor is or you want to try all the flavors to find out what your favorite flavor is, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. I, I honestly don't know what you guys are waiting for. Built Bars are great tasting, but also good for you. They got a bunch of protein, usually around 17 grams of protein, all under around under 150 calories, around four to five grams sugar, around four to five grams net carbs. It's really one of the best things out there to have. It, it tastes great. I use them on a regular basis, and uh, I have no complaints about them. So right now, you can try your own Built Bars and get 15% off at BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15. That's 15% off the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to put money on all your sports action. With baseball season in full swing, you can go check out the bets they got right there at Bet Online, or you can track all the action from MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, boxing, whatever it is, you can find everything you need at Bet Online, all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information. They're always finding ways to give out money, always finding ways for you to place different bets and uh, diversify your betting portfolio. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Make sure you head to Bet Online and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online with the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, going to close out with just looking at some of the minor leaguers sparked by Diego Cartaya, who I talked about seeing him in person the other day. He's been absolutely raking so far with the Quakes in eight games, 31 at bats. He's hitting 419 with an OPS of 1.486. Five home runs and 11 RBIs. He does have eight strikeouts and only three walks. But when you're hitting, uh, when you have eight extra base hits in as many games and almost in a quarter of your at-bats, you're not doing anything uh, too bad, you know? And, uh, you know, the rest of the Quakes, we talked about the Quakes. There's a lot of guys that are a little bit further away. Cartai is definitely far and away above the the best prospect down there and i don't expect him to be down there much longer i expect him to get the call up to great lakes uh pretty quickly jake vogel who was a first or not a first round pick but was one of the five picks in the 2020 draft still struggling hitting 216 getting on on base i uh, get the one ideal is that he's getting on base at a 324 clip so he's getting on base uh, 100 points higher than his batting average that's fueled by nine walks but he does have 36 strikeouts and 88 at bats uh, so not really ideal there uh, other than that it's just a a mismatch of guys there's not really anyone that that stands out at least on the on the hitting side on the pitching side there's a a few names there where 
uh, that, that stand out. And honestly, uh, I'll talk about real quick uh, about Kendall Williams, who's one of those guys. He's pitched a couple times. Uh, his ERA is four two six in twenty five innings, but he has twenty four strikeouts, uh, eight walks. He has struggled a little bit, but he's one of those guys that the Dodgers got in the Ross Stripling trade. And there's another guy who the Dodgers got in the Ross Stripling trade who's doing well. The other one they got was Ryan Noda, and Ryan Noda is hitting very well uh, with the Drillers over there in Double A. He is hitting well. He's hitting 245, but he's OPS in 834. He's got seven home runs, 18 RBIs, uh, 17 walks, 27 strikeouts, and 102 plate appearances. So he's a. It seems that at the very least, the Dodgers got two guys in the Ross Stripling trade that could potentially uh, make their way to the majors. Or at least Ryan Noda, first baseman. The Dodgers don't really have too many guys of his mold. They kind of have guys a little bit older, guys a little bit younger. So he, he could find his way to the roster maybe in a few years. Jaron Kendall, who's been one of the first-round picks that hasn't really panned out. He's down there, uh, or he's up there in double-A and you know still struggling to make contact with the ball. Uh, OPS in 749, hitting 225, 42 strikeouts and 89 ABs. So it just appears that he might not ever be a guy that can make enough contact to, to make it worthy of, of him, you know, making it to the major leagues. And defensively and speed-wise, he's got it. So that's still what could get him there one day, but just not quite there for him. Uh, two guys that are down there that are in double-A who, who – or bigger names, Cody Hosey, Michael Bush. They're a little bit on uh, opposite ends of the spectrum right now. Michael Bush is OPS in 944. He's got six home runs, 13 RBI, seven doubles, uh, and 88 plate appearance or 88 at bats. Whereas Cody Hosey's really struggling, hitting 192, OPS in 479, uh, just a double, two doubles and a home run so far, and 104 at bats. Uh, he did hit a home run the other day, so maybe he's going to start turning things around. And you know, he's one of the ones that we talked to in the offseason, and, and he mentioned how last year was a little different. Uh, guys weren't trying to get you out, and you know, even if they were trying to get you out, they're still on your same team. They're working on things. They're not necessarily focused entirely on the task at hand of getting you out. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, he can turn things around and and work his way up and, and make his make himself known as a name uh i mean he's already known as a name but to kind of keep the pipeline going for the dodgers him and michael bush are kind of the next ones in line to maybe come up in the next couple years and contribute to the dodgers a triple a it honestly there's really nobody in triple a that's gonna make a huge impact this season other than maybe caber ruiz who i don't know if he'd ever make a huge impact this season for the dodgers unless somebody gets hurt uh, but he, he's checking along down there. Had his 923 OPS, three home runs, 10 RBI, eight doubles. Honestly, offensively down there in OKC, uh, it continues to be a very offensive league. They got three guys OPSing over 1,000, and then they got three guys OPSing over 900. I guess the most more important name, you know, Luke Rayleigh's really mashing down there, but we already saw Luke Rayleigh in the majors and didn't look like he – he had the thing, and Luke Rayleigh's not drawing a lot of walks down there. He has two walks uh, in 57 at-bats and, and 18 strikeouts, so a little bit different. Uh, the other guys, Rangel Ravalo and Steven Souza Jr., they're not really guys that are expected to come up and, and help the Dodgers. They're not really prospects. Zach Rex is uh, a prospect of sorts. He's hitting 342 at a 978 OPS, uh, really you know, making contact very well. Three home runs, six doubles, so he's he's slugging well down there. Uh, Twelve walks, not too bad. So he's a guy that that 
is a name and could be a guy. He's already on the 40-man roster, so it could be a guy we see later this year. And then you got guys like, you know, Carlos Asuaje, who's doing decent. Uh, Christian Santana struggling a little bit. But, yeah, there's not really too much going on down there. Uh, Sheldon Noisy's been playing there since he went back down. Hasn't been great, but uh, he, he really hasn't been there that long. Pitching-wise, OKC is kind of the same thing as well. There's not really anyone that's expected to come up. You know, Tony Gonsolin, Josiah Gray, but we already know Josiah Gray hasn't really pitched uh, since his, after his first start. Tony Gonsolin is joining the Dodgers. The one name that stands out is Kevin Quackenbush. As, uh, he's a closer down there, and he has a 0 ERA and 9.1 innings, 10 strikeouts, a .86 whip. This is his second year, I believe, with the Dodge, OKC. Or, yeah, second year. I believe 2019 is when he joined the team, and I don't know if he'll ever get a chance with the major league Dodgers, but you know apparently he like he he's a guy that was in the majors before, maybe trying to find his way back up. But uh, I don't know if it's with the Dodgers, but he's done pretty well so far this year. So maybe he's a guy that could find his way up if a few people get hurt. I honestly don't see it, uh, but it's very possible. Then you head over to I know I'm all over the place, but I'm just kind of uh, don't really have a, a a set one. I'm just kind of going off on tangents. The Great Lakes, the high A, they have a few guys to monitor. Miguel Vargas is tearing it up. He's got a 944 OPS, five home runs, 11 doubles in 30 games so far. So he's doing really well. Andy Pajes, who was rumored to be in the original trade where Stripling and Jock Peterson were going to the Angels. Supposedly he was in that trade too. He's got eight home runs, 28 RBIs. He's he's a young kid who, who's still you know figuring his way out, but he's uh, hitting very well. You know, 242 batting average, but 832 OPS, so the slugging is definitely carrying them a little bit there. But a, uh, I'm not going to complain about it. Pitching-wise with Great Lakes, they just uh, – they don't – they have a few guys there. Bobby Miller is, is looking very good. He's had five starts so far, only 14 innings in those five starts. So they're a little bit of abbreviated starts as they build them up since he didn't get to pitch last year once he was drafted. Uh, but he's only given up. You know, a couple runs in those 14 innings. He has 17 strikeouts in those 14 innings uh, and on just five walks. So he's a guy that seems to be figuring it out so far. He went straight to high A and is doing very well. Cole Percival, who I believe is the son of Troy Percival, and there was an article last year about how the Angels uh, didn't get him, even though his dad was a big deal over there. The Dodgers ended up getting him. He's doing pretty well so far in, in relief appearances. He's got a 186 ERA in 19 innings. Hasn't started any games, but has pitched in seven innings. So he's definitely a guy. Uh, not sure if he's been piggybacking or if he's a, just a multiple inning reliever, but he's been doing pretty well. A couple other draft picks from last year down there. Clayton Beater and Landon Knack. They're both Landon Knack. Uh, he's only thrown a couple innings, but he, he's getting his work in. Clayton Beater has already made seven starts down there, uh, but been more of an opener type. He has seven games started, eight games pitched, and only seven in a third innings pitch. But he does have 13 strikeouts in those seven innings. So he's getting uh, generating a lot of strikeouts, which is a good thing for the Dodgers and, and someone we can probably look out for as early as next year, uh, a guy that can – you know, be be a player in the Dodgers bullpen if they need be. If you go over to Tulsa, they don't. They got a couple names over there in pitching wise. The main ones uh, that stand out to us are Ryan Pepio, Andre Jackson, and Gerardo Carillo. Gerardo Carillo and Andre Jackson are both already on the forty man. Uh, they're sporting a. a t- uh, Carillo's got a 2.82 ERA. Jackson's got a 3.2 ERA. They both have started five games. Both pitched around 22 or 22 plus innings both have a lot more strikeouts than innings pitch which is a good sign and then they got um 
Brian Pepio, who's made five starts, 17 innings, 25 strikeouts, and 17 innings pitched. He's looked really good. So as I mentioned last time, I did kind of this little roundup. The, the Tulsa team is really where a lot of the guys that will help in the next couple of years are and the guys that are more prospects. OKC's really a lot of 4A guys right now, a lot, a lot of guys that are going to help the team. And then the Quakes and, and the Loons, are they got some guys there, but uh, guys that are still maybe three, four years away. But Tulsa Drillers, they got a few guys on there. And, uh, yeah, they're looking pretty good. So that's going to do it for this roundup. I know it was just kind of all over the place, but I, I mentioned most of the big names. We got a lot of them out of the way. So uh, if there's anything else or more things you want specific about, you can hit us up and let us know. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends and family. Make sure to post about us. Make sure to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, you can do so at 323-863-5625. Or you can send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, how high is the Titans ceiling with Julio Jones? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Say D, I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bonzoo!